Welcome to Sales is Not a Dirty Word, the show that proves if it's a fit, it's a fact. I'm your host, revolutionary sales coach, Alicia Barr, the creator of the Matchmaker Sales Method. If you're a solopreneur who's ready to grow your profits and impact without pressure pitching or pretending to be someone else, this is for you. And this episode is about email and sales for neurodivergent people with Katie Gunter. Katie is an email marketing specialist an AWeber certified expert with over 20 years of project management experience. She helps entrepreneurs create simple and sustainable email marketing strategies so they can continue to grow their businesses and still have time to do the things they love. Let's go. Welcome to the big show. Sales is not a dirty word. I love it. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. I'm so excited you're here because you mirror so much of what is important to me and the people that I work with um, that sales and email and marketing and pretty much literally anything in life is not one size fits all. And, you know, why the hell do people say (laughs) it is ever, you know? Right. Um, And this is something that you stumbled upon naturally because you just didn't feel the pressure to fit in anyone else's box. Right. Well, and I think like, I realized early on that I couldn't function that way. Like I just might, when I would try to adopt someone else's process, I would, I would just have to make it work a different way for myself, even if that maybe took me a little longer at first. Um, but yeah, I, found that like, even in my project management days at a tech company years ago, I would create spreadsheets, to like manage things that other people were just keeping track of in other ways. And I couldn't do it that way. So I just like, at the time, didn't know my brain worked differently than theirs, but like, I was just trying to use the tools I had and figure it out. I love that you never felt um, pressured to force things. And that you just gave yourself the grace and permission to figure out what works for you. I mean, I think that's something that's really lacking for a lot of people out there. And when you interact with a client, do you hear a lot that somebody's been trying to force themselves to fit? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of times people have, by the time they come to me and they've, um, realized, uh, that email marketing is something they need to institute in their business. Um, Because a lot of times when people are first getting started, they have it sort of in the back of their minds that at some point they'll start email. But I think everybody should start doing it in the beginning, but that's not usually the case. So by then people have had some sort of business coaching or they've read some books and, um, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there selling their like five point system or their 10 steps to success. And as you you see somebody succeed doing those steps and you may even know people who take those steps and succeed and you're doing all those steps and you're not succeeding and it all feels gross and you feel like a failure. Um, And so when people come to me, they're like, this is what I was told to do, but I can't figure it out or it's not working for me. Um, I take the approach that like, we shouldn't be doing anything that doesn't work for us, especially entrepreneurs. Like we're, we started our businesses for most of us so that we could do things the way we want to do it and have some control and not always be told what to do. So I think that 
goes all the way into how you market yourself and how you're selling. You have to do it in a way that works for you. Otherwise, it's not sustainable either. <laughs> That's true. So when you're talking to these people, like how long are they trying to force it? And you made such a good point. They feel like a failure. Yeah. And that is so discouraging and leaks into so many other parts of your life and business. And so, you know, sometimes how long do you see someone trying to not accepting that they need it a different way? Mm -hmm. I guess. I think it varies. There's definitely people who have like maybe ways they were marketing themselves in their business has worked for a really long time. And as the economy and everything changes, it doesn't work anymore. Um you know, you can't really get together for a drink and make a deal over a handshake anymore. Or people who like get those sales tips and go, that doesn't feel right to me right away. And so they're looking for um, other ways to do things, or they've tried to just figure it out on their own because what they've seen or what they've heard or what they've been taught doesn't feel right. And so they just try to like bootstrap it, but then they find out that's too much work and they need some help. Um, so it really, it really varies. I hope people come to me early on. So they're not like putting years into, you know, systems that don't work, but, um, yeah, it really varies. I mean, it, it does depend. Um, I've seen people that have tried for years, some, a sales strategy that does not align with them and they've kind of made it able to work for them a little bit in this like limping along broken way. That's so sad and like slowly sucking their soul as they do it. Um, so what are some examples of how, what the alternatives are to email? Like people, the things people think they have to do and that you're able to say, actually, you could do it this way or that way or this way. I think one of the biggest things is people um, getting a lot of advice on social media or seeing all these different tools that people, maybe people that have been in business longer or have um, scaled already um, are using all these different tools in different places and they, they're they streamlined, and but they also cost tons of money and you have to learn how to uh, use all of those systems. And when you start adding it up, you are trying to launch a $9 a month membership for your small email list or your small group of followers. But yet in order to make it happen the way someone's told you, you have to um, you know, operate a lead pages platform or a membership platform for hundreds of dollars every month. And it's like, it doesn't really add up. And I think that one thing we, we don't know as newer entrepreneurs is that it took a lot of um, trial and error and failures for people to get there and that they also have a lot of support. If you're a solopreneur, it's a lot different than if you have a team of people um, that you can scale everything with. And so a lot of times people will connect with me and say, I heard that, um, say lead pages, for example, that was really hot for a long time. Like I heard I need lead pages to bring leads into my list. <laughs> you actually don't. I mean, yeah, if you're huge, if you're like an Amy Porterfield or something and you're pulling in tons of names and you need all this segmentation and your sales are off the charts, yeah, it's probably a really great tool. But if you are dealing with a, a smaller list of people and you're slowly scaling, most of the time you can do that already in your email marketing platform that you already have. So one of the things that I'll work with people is like, let's simplify and see like what tools are you already using and like 
and, and like how can we use those to create the flow or the system that that you want to get to the the end result yeah so it's like don't overcomplicate it um and that's definitely something that people do a lot in in sales too and i'm sure they do it with email like the psychology mm-hmm. behind it and all the different you know hoops and traps that you need to lay for people um <laughs> when really you can just like have a normal conversation with somebody right. <laughs> um and in email you can just literally be yourself and yeah. one of the things that you were saying before we started recording um, you know, one of the biggest questions is how often do I need to email my list? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they feel pressured. That's one of the things that's one size fits all that people feel so pressured to fit inside. Yeah. Um, and there's literally that, no formula, right? There's no, formula. right. Not really, not really. Um, I'm sure that like there have been studies done or there's statistics about, you know, people who email at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays (laughs) can see these kinds of results. And I'm not saying that those things aren't true, um, but it, it doesn't always matter. And I think that the biggest hurdle that, that people have is they think they have to get it perfect or they have to get it right to start sending emails to their list. And, um, I just see people sort of spin into like self-doubt and like, I don't know what I'm doing. And like you said, it's just a conversation. It's just building a relationship with a new connection. Um, And then the pressure of how do I do it right? I don't want to do it at all until I can do it right, which I think is also maybe a neurodivergent thing, but Um, you don't have to get it right. You can change as you go. I didn't get it right. I sometimes I still don't get it right. I sent an email to my list today and I was like, I think that flopped. (laughs) It flopped. I tried something new and I was like, I don't know. Um, So there's a pressure, I guess, to do it right. Um, And people will say, how often do you need to email your list? Um, a good place to like a starting point is a starting point to start thinking about it is every week. But again, it depends. It depends on is that sustainable for you? Is that do you have the bandwidth to do that? Does your list want to hear from you that frequently? Like, do you have a list that wants to hear from you weekly or maybe biweekly or maybe once a month is enough? So kind of figuring out like what feels right, what do you feel like you can do long-term, not in bursts, because you wanna be consistent and then go with that and just tell your list, like tell these people when they subscribe, you're gonna hear from me about once a month. And in that email, I'm gonna give you tips for blah, 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 blah. Every once in a while you might get a sales email from me or whatever, but like, don't think you have to get it perfect and you can always change your mind. That's the other thing, you can always change your mind and do it differently. Yeah. I think some of the, one of the things that people worry about a lot is like, oh my gosh, everybody's gonna, you know, judge me or remember me. Nope. Everybody's thinking about themselves. Nobody cares. <laughs> so true. They're all worrying the same thing that you are about themselves. Right. And your point about audience is just so crucial for the sales conversation too. Who are you talking to, to mm-hmm. think that the same exact strategy is going to work the same for every single audience, whether it's bankers or healers, 
or therapist. I mean, that's just like saying it out loud sounds ridiculous. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like your personality and attracting people to you that Mm -hmm. like the way you do things. Right. So you were telling me about this girl who emailed and was like, Hey, this is who I, she was an artist and was like, yeah, this is who I am. And, uh, I'm not going to email you that, that much. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, and I follow her and I had forgotten I followed her. And I think that's a lot, like sometimes I'll follow people and if they, or I'm sorry, uh, subscribe. Um, and if I don't hear from them for a while, I forget who they are. And then they pop in my inbox with an offer and I'm like, who are you? And get rid of it. But her approach was so interesting. It was like, it, A, it wasn't apologizing for not being around. Um, it was also like, here's an update on what's been happening with me. Um, and also I don't know how often I'm going to email you, but if you want to stick around, you might hear from me. I might give you some of this. I might share some art. If that's not your thing, that's okay. Like, (laughs) and, um, it was perfect for her audience. That is not going to work for everybody, but she knew her audience and she knew that the people who, um, are going to continue to support her would appreciate and totally understand that email. And you were one of them. You were and like, I was one of them. Yes. And I you shared like- her story on Instagram as like, wait a minute, I tell you to be consistent and, and stick to the thing. But if that doesn't work for you, that's okay too. Just send emails to your list. Cause they signed up. They're asking for it. Like just do it in a way that works for you. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, be consistent to yourself, uh, is maybe the message, whatever that is. Right. Um, yeah. And you were saying like, one of the questions you ask your clients is how does, how does that feel to you? Mm It's kind of how you help them figure out their system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can tell a lot, like I am, I get overwhelmed with too many zoom calls in a day. And like, if it were up to me, we would just negotiate everything over email, but it's not possible because I need to like see you and, and get the vibe. Right. So a lot of times question gets asked, how often should I email my list? And I'll say the rule of thumb is every week I send emails to my list every week. And I can usually see the reaction on someone's face, like, (laughs) oh my God, every week. And then I can kind of almost tell as I go or bi-weekly or monthly, they start to like okay, take the pressure off. And it's like, whatever works for you. I think it's almost like we all need permission over and over again to do what works for us. It's like needing permission to practice self-care. It's like, you can never be reminded enough. You know, you know, you should drink more water. You should take care of yourself. You're like, I I should. (laughs) I think the same is with business. It's like, you could just do what works. And people are like, yeah. Well, and honestly, like, why would you consider anything that isn't what works? Results are the literally the only metric that matter. Right. Right. And even if you're getting results, and this is my personal like opinion about it, but even if you're seeing results, but you're like killing yourself to get there, like, yeah, you're right. Like that's not sustainable. (laughs) And there's another way to do it that right. isn't killing yourself. Right. Um, always. Well, and I think that's why the key, that's like a key question. How does that feel? 
And like, of course, there's going to be times where you're feeling a little nervous, like it's new or it's a little uncomfortable, but that's different from it feeling yucky, like gross. Yeah, that's a a really good measuring or thermometer for the audience. I think it's very important Mm -hmm. because it starts with you and you're going to attract people that are perfect for you when you are the most you that you can be. Mm-hmm. And, and don't you when, think that like when you're selling, people can feel when you're uncomfortable. Like if you're writing an email, you're trying to sell something and you're like, yeah, <laughs> like they can feel like, it. This feels forced. This feels inauthentic. This feels weird. And that's when you start getting people booking sales calls with you or coming into your offers or whatever that aren't a fit. It's right. usually because you you weren't being a hundred percent authentic to mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I love the story of the woman who's just like, Hey, this is me. Like, this is what I'm going to do. So stick around. I'm sure that she's going to have her raving fans on that list. And why would you want anyone but a raving fan? Honestly. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I think yeah. that that is, um, I think that's, I think it's like a scarcity mindset thing too, is people like, I don't want to lose anybody on my list. (laughs) Like that's like, um, I don't know, like, like like you plan a party and you send out invitations and you're very specific. Like everyone who, I don't know why I'm thinking of this example, but everybody who attends has to sing karaoke. If you send me an invitation and tell me I have to sing karaoke, I am not going. I'm not going. And guess what? You don't want me there because I'm a bummer and I'm not going to sing karaoke. That's a terrible example. But like you want people on your list who are into what you're doing and what you're saying. I actually think that's a great example. The most effective (laughs) strategy is going to repel people as much as it's going to attract people. Like, thank you for seeing yourself out. We are not a fit. Right. You know, it's totally fine and welcomed and you don't like them anyway. Like right. why would you, you don't like around. Um, right. That's just a bad time. Yeah. Um, you don't want the couch potato and the wallflower. If you're having a karaoke party, they're like bringing down the vibe and you're stressed. Right. Like, are you okay? Like, do I need to get you a snack? Like you're all worried, you know? And you would just have a better time if it's everyone who's on the same page as you and who loves what you're doing. And it's like, yes, like, let's sing it louder. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Would you say that maybe the only rule of thumb that is constant across across everyone is like, don't do a newsletter that has eight parts of like an update on what's going on in your company or no? Oh my God. It totally depends. Uh, Every time I think I have figured out what works, somebody proves me wrong. And this is why I keep going back to do what feels right to you. Um, I have a friend and colleague who I love her. I am constantly replying to her emails and saying this email was amazing. And she's like an automation specialist. And she does a lot of affiliate marketing for the product she works with. And so her emails are sales heavy. It goes against everything I would recommend, but it works. So she does um, a little note about what's happening with her. She'll talk about like what the 
what she did inside this product that she sells and she has her affiliate link there. So technically she's selling. And then at the bottom, she has like this six, um, six squares and it's like what I'm working on, what I'm reading, what I'm thinking, what I'm irritated by. And it, it just works. And like, I read it every single time. So it depends. It's not like a, I tell people it's not that like your church newsletter, <laughs> it's not everything that's happening, but I guess it could be if that works for you and your audience, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think there's an authenticity there that makes sense. And what I'm thinking of is a company that's not being authentic. That's like putting forward right. this like really corporate, uh, professional exterior with a beautiful marketing template in the email that doesn't look like my friend wrote me at all. And no, when it's like, if you have a template, if you have a template and you aren't thinking about what you're putting in that template every week or whatever, and you're just like, Oh, we need an article. Oh, we need an image. Oh, we need a note from the CEO or whatever. It's going to feel thrown together and people aren't going to understand what they're supposed to do, like how they're supposed to feel, like, what is this? It's just, why do I care? You know, it's like, um, uh, this is is awful, but you know, like when people send out Christmas letters, there's always that. I feel like everyone can relate to this, especially if you have like older people in your family, there's, you get like Christmas letters that you look forward to and you love, like you get the updates on these people. And sometimes there's some pictures and then there's the, the, the grandparents. Usually I feel like that like stretch out the margins so they can fit everything on the page. And it's like, Oh my God, my husband and I will pass it back and forth the letter. Like, did you get through the Christmas letter? So like, (laughs) you know, speak to your audience and, and like you said, be authentic And, but keep in mind who's reading it on the other side. Like, don't just fill in with garbage. Like every email should be aligned with your audience and be providing some sort of connection or value. So you mean like be intentional? Yeah, be intentional with every piece of it. Like one of the things that I have people do in the very beginning, which I sometimes get pushback because people are like, what's the point? We just get to the emails is actually building their template for their welcome series or for their newsletters, because it's like, this is what is going to like build that um, consistency. And it's what makes people subconsciously recognize you. It's, you know, like the logo, the colors, the fonts, whatever. Um, And it's like, I'm intentional about all of that. Um, I want it to feel good when you're reading it. It needs to be scannable. Like everything's intentional. How you sign off. Is it thanks? Is it sincerely? Is it have a great week? Like every piece of it should be intentional. Well, and I think it's so important to say like, they're like, what do I say as my sign off? And it's like, well, what would you say in real life? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if don't you're a goofball, it should have a goofball sign off. <laughs> Yeah. Like don't, don't think about the image you want to present to people. Think about Mm -hmm. what you would say in a real conversation and say the thing that you're like scared to say kind of thing. Yeah. Mine's kind of goofy. And like, I took, (laughs) it used to just be like, 
thanks. Or like, I forget what it used to be, but now I say happy emailing only because it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit awkward. <laughs> like no one would actually say that. But like, I'm a little bit awkward. So for me to like write an email and they'll be like, happy emailing, it's kind of like, if I ran into you at the store, I would say something weird like that. So like, to me, I think it, it, it has to be like, yeah, if you're having a conversation and you're going to walk away from it, how would you, you wouldn't say best wishes. No, <laughs> no, you would not. Um, yeah. I say happy closing actually. I love it. I love that. Yeah. So I just love how aligned we are, um, on everything that we are, you know, sharing with people. And I hope anybody listening to this feels the permission to really lean into what they would say and do with an actual client or a friend or a family member, one that they like, because you don't yeah. like them all. Um, and that be the compass more than what somebody says you should do because they did it mm-hmm. and they got results. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so and so did it, and this, and you know, Sophie did it, and John did it, and they got results too. Well, you know, um, one of the things I say a lot of the times with sales is like, if somebody walked in and said, "This outfit looks amazing on me," and it would look just as amazing on you, you would totally call bullshit. Like y'all have different <laughs> styles. Why I would? And, and you can appreciate someone else's style. Is there someone else who could rock the outfit as well as that person? Yeah, but you would know it's not me. And right. it doesn't mean that your style's bad and mine's better or anything like that. It's just knowing what your style is and not feeling, you would never feel pressured to put on clothes that look good on someone else when you know they wouldn't look good on you. And so don't do it with your email or your sales either. Right. Right. And I think like when you have that feeling that it doesn't feel right, like don't doubt yourself. I think it's easy for us to doubt that we don't know best because we're already looking to um, guides or coaches to, to help us. And I like to have instructions. Like I will ask for the step-by-step instructions of how to do something, but that doesn't mean I'm going to take all the steps. It just means like, I want all the information on how you got there. And then I might pick out this or pick out that. And I think that's okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, I love that you gave yourself permission to do that from the beginning. That's what I gave myself permission to do mm-hmm. when I interacted with all of these salespeople and would sell with them. We did this thing called four-legged sales calls. I would say, Ooh, I like how Paul does that. I'm going to include mm-hmm. that. You know, I see why that works for Reed, but I would never say it. Um, right. and you cultivate this like custom, uh, to you thing mm-hmm. based on little nuggets from Mm -hmm. other people. And I don't think that's natural. And we're lucky that we felt inclined to do that. I think so. I think so too. I don't think it's, um, I I mean, I don't want to be like, "Mm, I'll pat myself on the back, but I I do think that like, and being able to do that for other people, I think is what I didn't realize for a long time was a strength or like something that other people couldn't do. Like I have clients who they're nothing well, not nothing like me, but like, we're very different and I can listen to their podcast or listen to them speak or have a call or an interview or whatever. Um, and then I can adapt what I'm doing and, and write things to make it sound like them. Um, but I think that that is, you have to stay true to 
um, how do I want to say this? You have to stay true to not just like who you are, but like your vibe. I think you said that earlier. It's like your vibe needs to stay the same everywhere. Um, your email, your social media, your conversations, how you're selling, like if it feels off, it probably is off. And everyone else can feel it too. And everyone else can feel it too. Exactly. Okay. Well, I love everything that you're about, Katie. Um, this, I hope gave people the permission and the grace that they needed to trust their intuition. And it's so refreshing that Katie can, if you need help, (laughs) help you create (laughs) an email strategy that works for you, feels good and gets results without you having to force fit on an outfit that like you feel like a clown in basically. (laughs) Um, so thank you again, Katie, for making an appearance as our guest today. And can you tell everyone how they can find out more about you and how they can work with you? Yeah, for sure. So there's a couple of ways to connect with me. The first is I am on Instagram as email Katie. Um, and I try to post a few times a week with email tips and advice and kind of sharing client stories and things like that. Um, and then you can also check out everything else I do at my website, which is bellablue.com. It's B-E-L-A-B-L-U-E.com. And we'll have that in the show notes too. And anybody who's looking for something that they don't usually hear about email marketing and wants a permission and grace to be who they are and not have to overdo it and overstress themselves and overwhelm themselves, definitely go check out Katie. And this has been the sales is not a dirty word podcast, where we show you how to convert up to 80% of your sales meetings without pressure, pitching, or pretending to be someone else. And if you're being ghosted in your follow-up process right now, go grab my proven follow-up email templates that will three times your response at sales.aliciabar.com slash honeypot email. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time.